as I got older, it started becoming like, why, why do I still feel like I need to hide this? We're going to go out on the field. We're going to score as many goals as we can. We're going to have fun. Oh, Becky, you're well placed. This is Natalie Florescu. And I just kind of fell in love with it. Uh, I was good at it. You know, the Lakers were like at their prime. So I had these like amazing basketball players to watch. And like Lisa Leslie was a stud of the WNBA. And she played for, you know, the LA Sparks. So it was like kind of hard to not kind of stick with it. Sticking with it, Natalie got good at basketball. Like really good. The sport and her status via playing the sport became the primary means through which Natalie understood herself and others understood her. Throughout high school, she was a standout point guard. Soon, it came time to think about college, where she wanted to play and where she could play considering all the elements in her life. So yeah, I was getting recruited by a couple different schools. Um, it ended up coming down to whether I was going to go to NYU or, you know, move to Santa Barbara. And it was a really hard choice because, like, you know, growing up in Los Angeles, being a big city girl, like, that was, you know, New York was super, super appealing to me. And my best friend, like, basically my little brother, you know, NYU was his dream school. And, like, knowing that we could be together for another four years was, like, an awesome thought. But I just, you know, I, I couldn't. You know, NYU being a Division three school, I couldn't afford to go there without, like, getting, you know, some some help. And, you know, I, I had my younger sister to think about, too, and, like, the kind of financial burden that would kind of be brought upon both myself and my mom. And, like, how was my sister going to pay for school, too, since we're only, like, you know, one grade apart? So I think there was definitely some, like, you know, money incentive and, like, knowing that I would have a full ride was really appealing. Um, however, that kind of also came with sacrificing some of like my identity all right now seems like an opportune time to introduce two very critical facts to natalie's story and the time leading up to her retirement natalie is queer and that school in santa barbara that she ended up deciding to play basketball at that's westmont a christian liberal arts college a very christian liberal arts college i definitely chose westmont because of the idea of walking alongside other people that are like-minded in Christ. I wanted a place where I would be able to really solidify my faith in God. We are in God's presence. As Christian scholars, Christian thinkers, there, there is no distinction between sacred and, and secular. It's all God. He is above all things. He, he is primary in all things. In Him, all things hold together and have their being. Okay, so I think we're clear on that portion. And I think you might see where the tension lies in this tale. Gay athlete, extremely conservative Christian college. At the end of the day, things worked out the way things worked out. And I can't say that I'm like in love with like past decisions per se. However, I got where I am because of those past decisions. And whether that meant like going to Westmont and kind of like, you know, fighting with a super Christian environment and like knowing that you know, the life statement that you have to sign says no homosexual behavior on campus. Which, like, let's be clear, I definitely broke. <laughs> so, like millions of college students before and after her, 
Natalie is in this process of figuring out her authentic self and how to live proudly. Not exactly an easy experience for anyone. It obviously came with particularly intense challenges on Westmont's campus. You know, that was like something I had a really hard time with. And a lot of my close friends who, you know, did kind of know I was struggling with like my sexual identity. They were like, are you, they were almost like, it felt like they were almost disappointed in me. Uh, because that was something I knew that I like would have to sacrifice for a little bit. And it definitely played a role in me like transferring out. After two years, Natalie leaves Westmont and transfers to Boston University, where she decides she doesn't really want to be a collegiate athlete anymore. So you ended up playing club basketball at BU, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Which sounds like it was a really good experience. It was obviously the right decision based on what you were coming to terms with and navigating. But Mm -hmm. you were giving up that that title, that status, Mm -hmm. yeah, playing this level and stepping down. Mm -hmm. So yeah, how did you deal with that? It was hard. Like it was, it was hard because after basketball, I definitely had like an identity crisis, so to speak. I didn't really know who I necessarily was without the game, like without being like kind of I don't know. I guess like for lack, like, I, I hate saying this, but, like, for lack of better words, like, being defined as the basketball player, like, the, the girls basketball player, you know, um, and I think, like, even that identity kind of almost also protected me from, like, being scared of coming out, because, like, uh, you know, everyone just kind of focused on the fact that I could put a ball through a hoop really well. My first semester at BU was definitely pretty rough um, to, like, you know, transfer to such a huge university and, like, not know anyone um, was hard because at least, like, going into college, I knew, like, I was going to have friends because they were going to be my teammates. Like, you're already around, like, 15 women every day. Like, you know, you, you go through, like, your six-hour routine every day of, like, you know, practice, being in the training room before and after practice, and you're lifting you know watching film and all that so that was like that was scary like that was scary I you know started like going to the gym I was like trying to find my time try to find like what am I like who am I if I'm not the basketball player anymore you know and I met a group of boys that I started playing pickup with at the gym and I think one thing that really did not help was them kind of saying wow you should go out for like the team because like you literally like would you'd start And I told myself if I was going to transfer that I was going to, you know, like kind of focus on school and like focus on the the, like medicine and the career that I want to have one day. So that became a little toxic for me. And I like I stopped going to the gym as much. And that made me sad because, you know, basketball has always been such a huge part of my life. I find it super interesting that basketball had kind of protected you from confronting this queer identity Mm -hmm. because you were this girl who could put the ball in the net. And then mm-hmm. there's this dualism that flipped where then basketball at Westmont kind of forced you to confront the queer identity and acknowledge it more. I know. Isn't that so ironic? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was rough. I feel like high school's scary and not everyone, like, you know, is at their best yet. Like, people are still learning how to be kind. You know, don't be a dick. Like, why is that so hard for teenagers to learn and you know I think that's hard to recognize until you're an adult and like you start to realize things that matter and like one thing that always mattered to me was like do I feel comfortable in my own skin and I like I couldn't say that I did in high school like if I were to come out in high school it would have been 
you know, the whispers of, yeah, I told you so, like, you know, between people to to other friends of theirs. And no one wants to be talked about. Like, no one wants to be, like, that sort of center of attention. So, like, the fact that when people talked about me, or at least, like, to my knowledge, it was about, like, oh, did you see, like, last night's game? Like, you know, now had a double-double or, you know, like, oh, what about that sick behind-the-back pass against Chaminade? You know, like, that kind of stuff. So it kind of helped take the focus off. But as I got older, it started becoming, like, why Why do I still feel like I need to hide this? In finding her way at BU, Natalie is feeling like she is finally in an environment where she doesn't have to hide this part of herself. She is able to actually explore her queer identity, this time without breaking some holy contract. And logistically, she's figuring out her life cadence without basketball. But, of course, the sport that had played such a key role in her life wasn't going to go down without a fight. At the beginning of the second semester I was there, I met some of the team captains on the on the women's club team, and um, they were they came after me hard. They were like, we really need a point guard. Like, you're good. You're, like, fun to hang out with. You know, you should come out for the team. And I actually rejected them for two straight weeks because I'd finally been okay, like, not having a basketball team anymore. And they were persistent. And honestly, like, I'm super happy that they were because I ended up giving in and, like, I came to a practice and then we had a tournament at Brown and I had so much fun and they actually like became some of my best friends that I still hang out with to this day. And there were like so many queer individuals on our team that I felt so comfortable finally just like being who I am and like being like, yeah, wow, that girl is cute over there. Like maybe I'll go talk to her later, you know, and I never had felt that before. So it was like, honestly, I cannot thank those players enough because I honestly owe it to them that I am out 100% without hiding any part of me now, you know, and I got to do what I love with, like, really cool chicks. I, I truly, like, you know, I am, like, so comfortable and so happy in my skin now, and it just took a long time to get there, and it, like, it does make me kind of sad that I didn't feel like I could do it sooner, mm-hmm. but I think, like, that also allows me to have conversations with people who are scared to come out or who are still trying to figure it out and like you know they a lot of like my friends here in boston for example they think that i'm this like strong like independent like individual who like has always been so sure in my sexuality when like in fact that's like so far from the case you know and mm-hmm. some of my friends will be like wow wait you kissed a boy while you were at bu and i was like yeah it was disgusting and i didn't like it but like believe it or not that 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 happened you know like there was never a big like coming out story for me it was kind of like gradual and i think like, you know, starting from, I honestly, like, if we're going to be completely, like, 100% transparent, I definitely knew since, like, the first grade, but, like, it wasn't really something I felt like I could start addressing until, you know, the 10th grade, and, of course, like, it was another story of, like, you know, you have feelings for your best friend, and they terrify you, and so forth, and then they happen to be your teammate, which makes it even harder and more complicated, and, yeah, uh, I don't know, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> Basketball player and queer woman. Years of clinging to one identity in an attempt to hide the other. Then, abandoning one and embracing the other. Finally, in the end, they came together. They existed together. And not only that, club basketball at BU gave Natalie the community and space to be her vibrant and dynamic self. As for one of the overarching narratives here, The intersection between queerness and female athletes, take Natalie as a case study, no doubt, that intersection can be 
Well, it can be both an oasis and a problematic spiky point. There's this idea that queerness and women's athletics like go hand in hand, which they do. I mean, if we're being completely <laughs> honest, let's look at the US, U.S. women's national team. Hey, they're so fly. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess for you, in what negative and what positive ways did like queer culture and basketball kind of get entangled? Um, I think like, you know, sports definitely provided this comfort zone of like being, you know, the tomboy that I was like kind of growing up in like basketball and just sports in general kind of make it safe for someone who's like born female to kind of start to explore that sexuality, you know, because it's you no know, when you're all wearing like shorts and a jersey, you, you know, there's no like, oh, well, are you comfortable in a dress? Like, are you going to be wearing like a pantsuit or like anything like that, you know? Um, so I think that's like one of the huge pros of sports for like a queer individual. It feels like an invisibility cape, you know, like, like pretend like you're Harry Potter and here you are trying to figure all these things out and you're on, on a team, but like you can be comfortable being that tomboy until like you figure out like, you know, like what clothes do you like best? Like what pronouns do you want to go by later on? Like, you know, is it going to be she, her, or is it going to be they, there? Or do you want to transition later on? And like, even looking at like my basketball teams, like I've had teammates that like, run the spectrum now that we're adults and I think that's freaking awesome and it was it's just like so nice to know that it all just we all just started in a basketball jersey um I think some of the cons are definitely like being stereotyped as like oh yeah of course you're gay you played basketball or I feel like softball players tend to get that a lot too like oh of course you're gay like you played softball you know And, and that kind of stereotype like sucks I don't think it's necessarily like completely wrong but I think that there's a lot of like negative connotations that come behind that i don't think people always have like the best intentions when they say shit like that right it's invasive yeah it's definitely invasive natalie graduated from boston university in 2017 and she now lives in boston working as an emt i'm gonna be starting my fourth year uh this coming year will be my fourth season as head coach at um at a high school out here which is super exciting i've got six seniors which um is, you know, it's really cool that I started with these kids, like, when they were freshmen, and I got to see them grow as, you know, not just as basketball players, but also as, like, as people, and, you know, we've been through a lot as a team, for sure, like, there have been homophobic instances, like, at school that, where my name got thrown around a lot between some of, like, the boys at school, and my players have, you know, stuck their neck out for me, and I kind of ultimately ended up coming out to my kids, and one thing I've learned is how life-changing it is for, a teenager to have an accepting adult that they know like they feel comfortable talking to about anything and I I love my kids so much uh you know I I really do hope I get into medical school because you know that's ultimately my next step but I will miss the hell out of these kids Mm. yeah it sounds like yeah you learn so much about what kind of environment you want to create as a leader yeah exactly it's everything that I wish I had had Mm, that's so awesome of course, it's easy to see how the Steph Currys and Megan Rapinos of the world are role models. Money, championship hardware, and constant media spotlight helps with that. But then there are those who don't have jerseys with their last names on the back for you to buy. And their role model energy is a different, special kind of powerful. The heat surge of it can be felt on our skin as they walk among us. At home, in the classroom, on the court. And this glow of theirs comes as a result of 
something more internal. In all the ways they say, this is okay here, they motion you forward. In liberating themselves, they help liberate you. Thank you to Natalie Florescu for coming onto the podcast. And as always, thank you for listening. Hope to see you next time.